You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me is, as always, my co-host, Lacey Finley. Happy Monday. We are so close. So close. So close. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> to April? I don't know. <laughs> you're not? Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as of today, we're mere days away from that big match that I've been harping on for however long now. Godzilla and Kong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah. 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 I'm excited. (laughs) Well, it's been taken back from you so many times that I guess now it it just keeps slipping my mind. I just assume it's happened, it's come, it's gone. No. 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 It it was, I think it was supposed to be May of 2020, and then it got moved back to November. Mm -hmm. And then they said, okay, well, May of 2021... And everyone was just like, just stop moving it, please. <laughs> and then finally, they were like, okay, okay, what about April? And we're like, you're moving it up? Really? And they're like, yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. March. Middle of March. And we're like, yes. And they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. End of March. You're like, stop. <laughs> stop touring with me. I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So... Hopefully by next week, I can say with absolute confidence, yay, I love it, yay. or uh, I think I'll like it. I mean, I've, I've been seeing a lot of the early reviews, mm-hmm. and they say about what they all say about, Monster Action's pretty cool, but the humans are garbage. It's well, so stupid. You humans, can't, though, I mean, they got you, a point. <laughs> If, if you watch one of these movies and you try to ground it in reality, mm. that's a hard, hard sell. When you're talking about 400-foot monsters, sure. you know. But, I mean, we live in a land now where, I mean, there's no such thing as satire or, I mean, there's probably full-on groups that we're just unaware of discussing how many times they've actually seen Godzilla, probably next to the Loch Ness Monster somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting about some of the arguments that I've heard is they complain about the pseudoscience, okay? Look, <laughs> again, giant monsters aren't real, as much as I would like them to be in some in weird some way. cases, I mean. <laughs> they're not real. So that's already a suspension of disbelief when it comes to science. Because when you start trying to explain, well, how did this happen? Uh, Radiation from a bomb and, you know, he just got bigger. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's not how it works. But then you're going to complain, well, why does this thing happen? It shouldn't happen. How do you know? Right. And again, fiction. Fiction, yeah. 
the greatest within the laws that they create. I only get annoyed if they break their own laws. Very like true, I'll very lean true. into anything like this mm-hmm. is your world and you're creating it. and I want to enjoy it. But once you start breaking your own, so I'm like, you know what, though? I was leaning in and now you're changing it on me. And I- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> well, we painted ourselves into a corner with a right. pseudoscience. I don't know what else to do. Change right. it. So whatever. I mean, it, yeah. that's that's whatever. Uh, while I'm on this subject, I'll go ahead and say, if you haven't checked out the newest episode of Podcasters Assemble, mm-hmm. check that out. They, they did uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. I felt like I was on the opposite end of the room. Again. Again. <laughs> and I didn't say I hated it. I yeah. didn't say I hated it. It just felt familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when, say you've watched a, a movie. Okay, uh, what, what's your favorite movie? Let's let's use that as an my, example. My favorite movie of all or, time? Or, oh, man. Or something that you really, really enjoy watching. Uh, just give me something. I... Uh, <laughs> See, now I get put on the spot. Uh, this Okay, I'll just throw out a dumb movie that I used to watch all the time, and then you guys can make fun of me. The Whole Nine Yards. Okay, The Whole Nine Yards. I don't know I where I can go with this. <laughs> with, with this. I did. I used to watch that. Was it a good movie? Well, I mean, to be fair, I had just gotten my first new place and had two DVDs. So, yeah, it was fine. Okay. <laughs> it was a good movie. Matthew Perry's all right. Or anything. Know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Matthew him. Perry, Bruce Willis pair up. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch uh, Fools Rush In all the time because See? of, like, I had a big crush on Simon Hayek. Still do. Good reason. Uh, but he, you know, he, I, I thought he was funny. Yeah. And and the two of them together, I was like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I still like it. I'm into, I'm into seeing Chandler in different situations. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can do anything with that analogy, so let me use, uh, <laughs> or that, that example. It's not an analogy. Uh, I'm going to use, uh, Evil Dead. Oh, since oh it's good. got yeah. That's got Bruce in it for you. So, say someone decided that they were going to, uh, do a new Evil Dead, and they took elements from Evil Dead 1, elements yeah. from Evil Dead 2, elements from Evil Dead 3, and didn't necessarily Easter egg them, but recreated scenes from each one into one package so it's like all three movies crammed into one okay that was my problem with this movie is like i know what's gonna happen here i know what's gonna happen here so Ah! kind of like a shot for shot and and i know that not everybody knows the japanese movies like i do sure so that's here yeah so that's fair but for me there were less easter eggs and more let's recreate this moment let's recreate that moment okay. so nothing surprised me it was right. just like ah 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 it's cool to see on a you know big budget and everything but it's like ah, i know exactly what's gonna happen yeah, here i've seen this story yeah like when <laughs> again uh, this is not spoilers if you know the character when mothra died i was like <gasps> saw that coming because she <laughs> dies all the time <laughs> So this, if she it's kind of like when you see Sean Bean enter a movie, you're like, yeah, well. <laughs> yep, I know who's gonna die. Well, I mean, it, it's had she survived, that would have been a twist. I'd have been like, holy Ooh. crap, she made it. But no, yeah. she died. Just like every other movie she's in. I and feel like they like, should have now, and then the next movie had her die right away, just as like, ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, see, be like, well, yeah, yeah, that would have been a twist. Yeah, a little gotcha moment. 
But yeah, there um I, I gave you kind of a rundown. But the way the guy edits it, like I said, Eric Slater does a great job editing it, it together. Fun. And and he uh he had he had a little fun with uh, one of my comments, Mothra just doing Mothra stuff. He he seemed to repeat it throughout the <laughs> the pod. Good so, for you. And I like that. Hook. I was like, ah. Yeah. So next week, uh, I know the movie Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out, but I think their episode the following week will be King Kong vs. Godzilla from 1962, the original Japanese Ooh. version. And I've already submitted my audio for that because I just did like a double whammy twofer and just yeah. got them all out. Uh, that one is another one of my favorites, so there's a, a quick little glimpse into my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to listen to that whenever it comes out, it'll be shared on the social medias and whatnot. Uh, also, I was had had an, uh, another podcast that I was featured on this week. Yeah, look Con- at you making waves in the I pod know. world. I had actually forgotten I did this. This was I think we recorded this at the end of December last year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow! See, I would have thought a little earlier, maybe, but yeah. you know, recording world. I'm I'm guessing based on certain things I said in the in the yeah. uh, podcast, I was like. Uh, okay because That's i was talking like it was a while ago <laughs> yeah because i think it was when he uh was asking me to pitch or promote whatever and i said mm-hmm. we were on hiatus and i was like well that would have had to have been mm-hmm. december because we would we weren't back yet so yeah, i feel like that's the only like lengthy break we take mm-hmm. outside of eh, a week or two for holidays or whatever yeah i know summer break or summer right. break Oh, uh, yeah. See, I don't know what we do. I just show up when Stephen tells me it's time and then, you know, go about my day. <laughs> it's time. It's time. All right. But it's called a uh, conversation, a clever thing on conversation and station. Mm-hmm. And so far, there's two episodes out. I was episode two. Uh, someone we've never had on the show, but I've talked to kind of a, uh, an adjacent friend of the show, Phil Better. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also been on his podcast. He's, he was uh, the first person on the first episode. It's good conversations. Phil's a great guy. If you've listened to that other, you know he's a good conversationalist. And mm-hmm. he's, he's Canadian, eh? He's yeah, a, he's a, he's I'm going to have to argue with him just a little. Phil, if you're listening, Letter Kenny, you got to watch it, man. No, he loves Letter Kenny. He's mm-hmm. the one that gave me. Mm-hmm. Phil, I love you, but you got to rewatch it. I think you missed some gems in there is all I'm saying. It's a, okay. Maybe I just have this unhealthy bias towards the show. <laughs> he seemed to like it. He just said a lot of it was real, like from his perspective. Well, yeah, that could be any rural town insert in your country, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's that. If you want to do that, yes. Um, last thing I want to touch on before we get into the all important question of what we're playing. Uh, yeah. Can we? Can we just do a quick? Don't want to don't want to divert off topic too much, but I just I just want to talk about this Asian hate thing going on, and I don't understand it. I don't understand what happened. Well, I feel like I understood what happened. It's just unfortunate that would like a, a lot of us kept trying to warn against this hateful rhetoric, and oh well, no nah, well, and everyone who's not affected, you know, mm-hmm. decided to be the one to speak. On the behalf early on, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, that's not a big deal. That's mm-hmm. what it is, you know. And well, this this isn't me trying to be, you know, white privilege, I guess, or or whatever. I hate that I never see it. I hate that I don't see the signs. I know that there was 
China virus, Wuhan, or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck that fat ass was spewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand that that was... calling it by its term. Yeah, I understand that term. was the, the rhetoric that probably stoked mm-hmm. this fire. I guess I got confused because I was like, well, why didn't it happen then? Not that I wanted it to, mind you. That's not like what I'm saying. the timing of it. But yeah, yeah, so he's. He, I thought he would. He'd left the public consciousness. But every time we turn around, they come back and they find a way to, you know, remind us that this ignorant bastard mm-hmm. stirred yeah. this up. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by it. I'm dumbfounded by it because there's, it's unacceptable. It's ridiculous, and. Anytime I see this stuff, I I feel like I I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. Because we have friends who fit the bill. Yeah. And and I swear to God, if something happened to them, I'm going to be pissed. Because they didn't do anything. They are who they are just because that's the hand that life dealt them. Just like you had no control over I, yeah. who you turned out, you know, like in that I regard. can't help that I'm white. Right. Okay. So when you hate me or you give me flack, you don't understand because I'm sorry I'm white. I can't. And this is not. Yeah. Don't pity me. I don't give a shit. Right. I know I'm white. I know I got privilege. I can't help it. I didn't ask for it. Same reason or same way that no one else. And I believe asked. you're actively taking steps to. I'm always trying to better yeah. myself, whatever yeah. I can do. And and none of these people, whether you be Asian, black, Hispanic, whatever other race in the world that seems to get more hate than white people, didn't ask to be who they are. They just are. And it still dumbfounds me that we equate skin with an intelligence level or whatever it is in your head that makes you hate someone who just doesn't look like you for the sake of it again yeah I'll I'll never understand why you think that that just means all of a sudden something's operating differently in their brain or whatever it is you journey you've taken yourself on to lead you to where you are Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I'm getting off on a rant I just wanted to bring it up because it is on my mind Mm -hmm. and I've seen stories and I guess to our Blanket Asian listeners, whoever you may be, if you fit that bill, if you're you're one of those people who think that you are going to be a target, could be or a just target. Just having to live with that, or just having to live that with it's going on out yeah. there, and just know and probably we, personal experiences. Yeah, you know. just know we stand with you. Yeah, I, I do not like this at all. I wish there was more I could do. And if there is, you know what? Educate me. Tell me what I can do. Tell me what I can do outside of standing beside you, speaking on your behalf, stopping the hateful rhetoric anytime I hear it. What more can I do? Because I, I hate that's, it. I think that's well, well enough. Yeah. But. Honestly, like, I mean, again, I don't want to speak on, on anyone else's behalf because it's just not a personal experience that I have, but. But mm. listening to it, I, I, I'm definitely listening and hearing where I could be better. And it's not even to perform online or do any of that, you know, like just 
pay attention and listen and adjust accordingly and yeah yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. i'm not very articulate when it comes to these sort of things but um it's got to stop it's got to yeah. stop should have never started it's our fellow humans and um we're all just trying to get along and do the same thing raise our families be good people you know just it's the yeah. same thing it's the same thing as you're trying to do so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump off my little soapbox um i just wanted to bring that up uh well i'll probably kind of circle back around to this a little bit later the more i was just thinking about it but um you, you'll understand why <laughs> okay how right. uh, when we get there but uh what have you been playing so i uh Dove into Doctor Who and the Lonely Assassins, that new FMV that dropped mm-hmm. last weekend um, from the people who also did Simulacra. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's definitely the Simulacra formula, but mm-hmm. with like a Doctor Who story. Now, I'm coming from a place of uh, never really watched Doctor Who. Okay. You know, so I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be lacking on story elements or how much they would pull from you know, the Doctor Who world, because I know there's been many iterations at this point. And now I think I actually know more about it than I did. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's very much like in the same formula. Um, You have a phone, you know, again, it's another one that I almost highly recommend to play on mobile just because of how it's set up. If you're more of like wanting to fall into the role playing aspect of it, like you found this phone and you're going through it and you're helping one of the other people find someone. I don't know how much is spoilers or whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, so you're going through their phone and finding hints and clues and trying to put together puzzles and back and forth until you get one of the endings. And it was fun. I don't okay. know. If you played Simulacra and all them, then you know exactly how to play already. Instead of it just being like this evil entity, they come up with their Doctor Who ways of making it be wonky and weird and kind of spoopy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a fun if you're into FMVs and into that kind of stuff, it was like five bucks. Go do it. And even on mobile, I think it's like three. I was surprised okay. when I saw that it was $3 on mobile. Yeah, I threw money at it both ways. I'm just that person. I was just like, when I saw it was only 3 bucks on mobile, I'm like, but there's more endings, and I could play it in bed now. <laughs> That's how I rationalized it. They got a whole 8 bucks out of me. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Um, and then last night, I stayed up too late playing this little simulation game called The Tenets, where I'm like trying to buy land and rent and I'm a landlord and it gets crazy and I don't know if I get it yet <laughs> like I, I finally got to the point I think I have seven buildings and then I renovated like two of them mm-hmm. to rent out two rooms right like you know I rent out this bedroom or at this and you all got your own common area or whatever and I tell you what the amount of people I gotta harass for my rent terrible pay me <laughs> baby we negotiated this price this is what you and they'd be like oh, sorry i don't have any money and you know what i do Psh, out out break this agreement and then they come right back in the next open house it's really funny but um <laughs> uh it, it's definitely beta it's definitely early um because there's there's some things i absolutely would change a little bit because everything is the ui is basically 
um, you're going through your phone and mm-hmm. the notification, it's too much. We have got to chill on these notifications. Like I don't need a notification every time someone sends me my rent or, oh, I'm so sorry. Or th- like my phone is constantly blowing up to the point where I can't focus on my renovations or whatever it is that I'm doing. So I'm like constantly like, who's got rats? Who's got roaches? What do I got to do? You know, <laughs> like we just got to chill on the notifications. That would be yeah. my feedback. Like I don't, I don't need that every single time. Cause it gets to the point where I'd have enough going on that I think I'm failing everything. Cause I'm like, what's on my phone? Oh, I don't even need to know that. Okay. Thanks for paying. Okay. You know, and I'm constantly yeah. looking at my phone and then you concede to not looking at it. And then that's when you miss the big stuff. Like their heat had been busted for like a week and then they're like, oh, so I'm on my own then, I guess. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I probably should have paid attention to that notification. So that's nope. my one feedback is like, let's let's pare down the notifications to what's necessary. Um, but it's cute and I'm going to keep my eye on it and I'm enjoying it. I think the older I get, the less stress I need in my games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. You know, so it's like, I, it's weird that the older I get, the more I'm gravitating towards these, I guess, non-gamer games, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, what are you doing that for? Um, and then, of course, I played a little bit more of the dark side again, because Did I still you... haven't gotten, I haven't, I didn't watch it. I don't want to spoiler. I want to see if I can find it on my own. Oh, but I didn't see the, the tweet. Are you talking about like the special ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And not because I don't love you, Darren and everybody, but I kind of want to see if I can find it on my own. So I, I didn't want to spoiler. I'll just, I'll say this. I don't think I would have figured it out. Okay. I'm going to put on my old school thinking cap and go yeah. back and dive in hardcore and see if I can figure it out. For you being an FMB fan, there may be a, a reason for it, or you could think about that. Go in that. Boom. Yeah, there it is. Brain. Yeah. I don't think I would have figured that out. I, th- I feel like it would have been accidental on my part had I ever stumbled upon it. Okay. Well, I'm going to see yeah. I'm going to see. If I fail it, then I'll go back and watch it. But just just note, yeah, I saw it tweeted and I actively skipped over it because I was like, no, I'm going to see if I can do it on my own and and have it revealed to me that way. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, we'll see. Like okay. next week, you'll hear me say I gave up and probably just watched it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, that's probably my week. Okay. Finished out those games. And uh, yeah, what have you been playing? Oh, well, I finally got back into Nino Kuni 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> I think I'm trying to remember from the last time that I actually started playing it because I don't feel like it was just starting. But I finally hit a sweet spot in the game to where I'm, I want to play. You know, when you hit that moment and you're just like, can I play now? Can I play? Can I play? And you get kind of obsessed with it. And it's all because they added in an element. Several elements, matter of fact, that kind of shift your gameplay. So you're not doing the same thing all the time. Okay. So you have your typical RPG elements, and the combat in it is much better than the first. Because the first one was complicated. At least I felt like it was complicated. Because I don't... I felt like you weren't technically fighting, but you were. And then you had these little... uh, I don't remember what the hell they call them little familiars or whatever, like these little characters you take with you and then they would fight alongside you. Mm-hmm. And then you had to tell them what to do. And then, I don't know, it just, it hurt my brain. <laughs> Eventually, I got around to it. This one, they is like, here's a sword, go cut it. And I was like, cool, I can do that. Yeah. So, yeah. heck and slash. Now, they do add some layers of elements to it, like you can hold up to three weapons at once. 
And at first, I wasn't really thinking about, well, why is this a good idea? And then I started thinking about it last night. And I was like, huh, maybe I could have a fire blade here, mm-hmm. an ice blade here, and then maybe an electric blade here. So depending on the what the enemy I'm fighting, mm-hmm. I can just swap them on the fly. Because you can. You right. can swap them on the fly. Okay. So I was like, okay. I think I'm getting the reason behind this now. Like, yeah. I got to think. So the combat's great. You can go into battles. It's it's one of those where you can actually see the enemies. You're not running up on them and, or just randomly because uh-huh. that shit gets on my nerves when you can't see your enemy. It's like so you, you can choose. It yeah. It's like you actively seek them out. So if I see them and I want to fight them, I can do that. If I don't want to fight them, I can run the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. So combat's great. But then, <laughs> this is where it really started to suck me in more. Now I have my own kingdom. Because you play a, a king without a kingdom in the game. And they're trying to find, well, hey, where could we set up our own little kingdom? And then it's like, you set it all up. And then they just kind of give you the basics. A little small little area. And it's like, all right, now here's what you can do. You can create your own stores and your own little farm. And you're, you know, you got uh, a shop, a, a, mm-hmm. a a chef can can work here. You can have an armory, whatever you want, you know. But they keep it small. Okay. But then once you build it up to a certain uh, grow or certain level of how many people you have and how much influence your kingdom has, then you can upgrade it and make it larger. Yeah. All right. And then I'm gonna assume it can get much larger than that because when I went up to the second level, it got twice the size of it, and I was like, oh wow, so that's big. And I have heard that there are at least two more levels, so I cannot imagine how much larger this town can be. Wow. So it, it was, it's it's really fun because what I have to do now is if I'm out on a quest or doing those things in the action world, I have to keep my kingdom in mind to go back every once in a while and make sure that I'm collecting money and I'm putting the resources into the shops and upgrading them and trying to get everything better for us as a kingdom and helping it grow. But another thing you got to do too is you got to recruit people out in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the other oh. part of it that's fun too is because the people that you recruit, you then put to work in your town and they all have special skills. So you want to apply their skills to where they would be the most efficient. So okay. you have a chef, you put him in the, you know, doing chef stuff. If you, if you got somebody <laughs> who's a chef, someone who's good, like a blacksmith, you put them in the weapon shop. Mm-hmm. It's how it all works. So they nice. everyone has a skill. You just have to apply it properly in the right places. And again, that 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 element is fun because yeah. now I'm like, all right, now I'm on the look for the next person who's going to be joining. And then you've got quests that I haven't quite finished yet, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's either I I'm not quite where I need to be, or maybe I haven't come across whatever I need. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of keep it in the back of my head. Uh, that element's fun. Then they've got this other little, this is kind of still battle, but it's more strategic is you get to do these things they call skirmishes. Mm -hmm. And it's like your kingdom fights another kingdom and you have certain types of soldiers. So you have sword soldiers, hammer soldiers, archers, uh, spears, Mm -hmm. and it kind of works like a paper, rock, scissor 
type thing. So oh. blue beats red, red beats green, green beats blue. And then you have to be very strategic on how you do this. And then it'll set you up on a battlefield. You're in the middle and then your groups are surrounding you. And then you have to navigate and take over or defeat the kingdom. And it can be easy and it can be very challenging too. Mm-hmm. Because you have, say, a set number of soldiers, which is your might. So say you start off with 5,000. Well, if they start to wipe you out, that number dwindles. Now you can bring in more soldiers in your groups, but that also dwindles your numbers. Mm-hmm. So the more you keep bringing in, you have to be very strategic about how you do that. Like I've gotten to a point at times where I have had nothing but archers left, and I still won Ooh. because I found a sweet spot on a cliff. <laughs> and I was like, just oh, like aim at them. Yeah. <laughs> so they were just shooting down. The enemies couldn't hit me from above, and I was like, boom. But nice. that doesn't work all the time because there's not always a cliff. Got to adjust accordingly. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's it, it that's three different styles of gameplay. So you can either just do basic RPG action, strategic battle simulations, or town building. Whatever you want to do. Oh, and fun. It's, it's yeah. It just keeps it fresh, no matter what you're doing. And you're always thinking, okay, well, what do I? What can I do here? What can I do here? And just keep going, along with a very decent story going along with it too. So excellent. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Good. I feel like I have that. I'm going to have to look now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bit sad. I'm like, I think I have that you game. Might, I might, I'm I might not have sure. That. Yeah. Such a problem. I mean, you don't get into the extra stuff like the town or castle simulation or skirmishes until chapter three or four. Whenever you establish your kingdom, that's when all that stuff opens up. But okay. it's pretty linear up until then, which is good because they're not saying, hey, go here, go there. It's just like, hey, just stick to this path. You'll get there, and then when it opens up, then you can go do whatever your heart desires. And I appreciated that, too. Yeah. So. <sighs> Accommodate your play style. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what you got for us in the news? We got a little bit of news going on this week. Let's see here. Well, I figured... I know we don't usually talk about Assassin's Creed a lot, but mm-hmm. this story had come, come up quite a bit this week, um, and... You know, this is kind of a problem, Ubisoft. It seems like this is kind of an issue for people who want to love your game. Uh, it seems the players of Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been having a bad time, uh, okay. reportedly. They want to love this game. I'm reading through posts. They're trying so hard. It's like one of the first times I've seen it to where it's like we're trying to love <laughs> it and trying to have patience. Um, but it's post-launch woes just keep on continuing months later. Um, players are just losing patience now, as one might expect. Um, it has been reported off and on that there's been game-breaking bugs Mm-hmm. which seems like they were lucky if you didn't get it as some players like i was saying had some patience because we're talking ga- like they can't even progress anymore they've gotten okay. to a point to where if this bug happens you're just kind of effed um so since it's launched in november of 2020 and it's now march april um 
patches have come out, this particular bug just doesn't seem to be getting addressed. So with the release of patch 1.2, which was hefty sized, mind you, quite a few gigs, it brought new features to the table and new skills and a close camera option for this Ostara festival that's going to be happening in the game. So all this little fun stuff, uh, which by the way, that festival is March 18th through April 8th, if you're a player. Uh, But the patch fixed graphical issues, smaller quests lines that people were getting stuck on, but the game breaking bug was still there. So it's during a main storyline quest and it's during an unskippable main cutscene, if you Mm -hmm. will, that prevents the players from interacting with any NPC after it's done in this village of Raventhorpe. Um, So your main quest giver allows you to pledge to new areas of the map and gain access to more content, but this person isn't popping. So uh, if you're on the quest, A Brewing Storm, from what I was reading, if this happens to you, you can't do anything but just kind of roam an empty feeling map. Like people are reporting like trying to keep playing or doing something to just hopefully in time the quest giver or person that they're supposed to be going to would pop and it's just not. Um <sighs> The other thing that I read that some people got around it, and unfortunately, this quest is like midway, a little past midway of the game, and it's a really long game. So we're talking, you've probably put in 30, 35 hours already. Um, Some people even tried to restore old save points. Uh -uh. It looks Mm. like the only thing is just rolling the dice and starting it all over again and just hoping it doesn't happen to you. Unless a fix comes out soon. So, ah, that's a problem, man. It's six months. Yeah, that's I didn't realize bad. people six months later are still unable to beat the game because of this quest breaking bug. Um, so I don't know, Ubisoft, maybe we need to look at that because if people are going to start putting down your game and walking away and they're not even going to bother anymore. I mean, it's all fun and good to give them new DLC and all this stuff that's supposed to be coming, but... Can they get there? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty important element to your game is for people to want to beat it and actually do. <laughs> I mean, it's not even like a side quest from what I kept reading. It's a main storyline bug. So some mm-hmm. people just fine. You know, they got through it. It didn't happen. But um, it seems like a lot of them just like if they're stuck there, they've just not been able to figure out any way around it to get it to move on past it. So I guess my question with that is, Clearly, it's not affecting everyone, so I wonder what chain of events causes the bug to happen, because I've heard that too, you know, in other games. Like somebody didn't play test this one path maybe well enough, and then Mm. that's where maybe the little hiccup came in. It seemed like it was more console players. I don't know. Maybe it's just because... I don't know. We're so used to modding and taking care of our own (laughs) stuff so early on that, I mean, it's not supposed to be a solution, but I I guess we're all just kind of trained that way now. Like, oh, they're not going to fix this. So I'm just going (laughs) to. Yeah, yeah. So, I I mean, needless to say, I I guess more patience or, I mean, I don't know what to say at that point because I I couldn't find anybody as of the time of me writing it that figured out a way to just kind of work around it if it happened or even just to skip it all together. Um, 
But we got GameStop back in the news a couple yeah. times, actually. It's not mm-hmm. about stocks or anything like that. But um, it looked like GameStop was like, hey, we're going to try out something new here, get some new eyes going on. So they were pulling out all the stops, if you will. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> I was waiting all day to say that. <clears throat> But they announced this week that they will be selling PC gaming hardware on its online stores, which is pretty smart, one would think. Um, Funny enough, though, if you go to their page, they have an RTX 30 series cards as advertised, right? But if I gave you a glimmer of hope, I'm sorry to break it to you, they don't have them either. So the day they announced they're selling PC parts, (laughs) they're already sold out of the 3000 series. So yet another place that you could be disappointed in your in your journey to look for a GPU. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll see if that actually helps any efforts moving forward by having more PC hardware. On, it says o- online only on their digital stores. And it sounded like maybe select brick and mortar stores might have a little something if you live in an area where a GameStop might actually, I guess, be a little large. I feel like all the ones I've ever been into were like in a mall or a strip mall of some. I've never seen a standalone GameStop. I'm sure they exist. Right, right. I've just never seen it personally and been inside and shopped. But yeah. we'll see if that changes them to digital only after, you know, I assume in like three years, they're all going to be shut down at this rate. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah, but, we'll uh, see. Good old Reggie, though. I'm sure you saw that. He's uh, he's done, man. Yeah. like Looks like he gave it a year's worth of an effort there or whatever happened. I was about to uh, say it had been a year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was after one year of service, almost to the date, Reggie Phil's anime is stepping down from the GameStop board. And I I actually believe he's already done, that it was during a board's meeting. And as of the time we're listening to this right now, he's enjoying his retired life maybe somewhere. Uh, But to be fair, he is one of eight directors who were set to retire. So (laughs) sounds like actually a bunch of them. So when reading through, it seems the newest members will be Mm -hmm. the ones left. And the more established ones are the ones retiring and leaving along with Reggie. So I can't find anything super juicy as to why, but uh, we may not even need an explanation because we've all been present for the last several years. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess for his service and giving it an effort, whatever it was. So um, we'll just see if he can stay retired because he's still young, man. Like, I don't, you know, I feel like we got to see him doing other things. Uh-oh. People, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm sure you heard that. I didn't actually, but I was like, the wow. look on your face, I already knew. I was like, somebody's blaring music or something. No, it's the doing. hot rods that drive down this uh. road. <laughs> Do you need a vehicle that loud? No, it's just showing off. It's like I just, guys. and there's so many of them. I don't understand it. Why do, why Is the weather so nice? Many? Yeah, for the first time today, the yeah. sun finally came out. Yeah, for the last cycles too. What was it? The la- practically the last two days. Thursday. Yeah, I know we're getting off on a tangent. Go yeah, to hell. That's what we do. Uh, Thursday we had a thunderstorm roll in. It was one of those, you know, tornado watches. Woo 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 woo, and everything's just going crazy. Nothing happened. And I should I should not be so uh, dismissive I don't of it. Way. I grew up in a tornado alley, though, so it kind of been like, if the sky wasn't green yet, we were fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I'm, I've been lucky thus far. Let's just say that. And hopefully my luck will continue. Right. 
and then of course yesterday it was just it was constant thunderstorms. It was just off and on, off and on all day. The sun never came out, but the the rain hardly ever stopped. But the thunder was constant throughout. So by the end of the night, I was like, you know, thunder, I'm done. I'm tired of hearing you today. <laughs> so if you could, I said good day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ow. But whatever. I don't. It's, uh, just so tired. And then of course now the sun's got to come out, which I'm I'm grateful for. But then, hey, guess what's coming back in a couple of days? Rain. Rain. Yeah. Rain. Yeah. So. Going to waste your whole day off having to do stuff outside because it's nice. <sighs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, I adulting. had other things to do. Adulting. Woo! Did you see that one yet? Which one? Yeah, all right. No. Well, 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 this okay, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Adulting. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. Quoting other things that maybe some of you know. Anyway, back to games. Uh-huh. Game stuff. Sony, man, they're shutting down a bunch of stores, it looks like, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of beside myself on this one. Although, I guess it's not officially announced yet, but it's a bummer to hear. Um, Digital world these days seems like we're just not going to have that game preservation as I was kind of hoping we'd have a little bit of. But um, Sony announced it'll be shutting down stores dealing with the PSP and PS3 starting july 2nd Mm -hmm. and the vita store on august 27th they will be gone if you have them great if not you will not be able to purchase them apparently physically or digitally past those dates (sighs) so i mean they're they're making it sound like here if you've got the game you better download it find some other memory cards or whatever it is that you need to do to ensure that you still have access to it because it's kind of up in the air whether that service will just keep running for you to be able to grab and digitally download it again in the future. Hmm. Um, This is something I've always been concerned about moving into digital age. How many times have I said, what happens if Steam shuts down? Yeah. I have like 2,000 games I just wouldn't have access to anymore. In theory, that could happen, right? Like nothing's forever. Uh, so apparently after these dates, you won't be able to purchase digital copies on the platforms for anybody. So you're done here. <laughs> uh, so go ahead. No, I was just well, go the, ahead and finish your story. I just got to. Yeah, comment. no, I was just going to reiterate. So if you're really concerned that now is the time to get all of that backed up and put away, um, most journalists pointed to the fact that they weren't really surprised at this because some of Jim Ryan's past comments kind of alluded to the fact that playing older games just doesn't seem to be something he's interested in preserving or even understanding why other people would. Um, One of the comments that was quoted was, and this is from Jim Ryan, when we've dabbled with backwards compatibility, I can say it is one of those features that is much requested but not actually used much. uh, So that, and I was given a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, 3, and 4 games, he continued. And they looked ancient. Like, why would anyone play this? Was his words. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised because it didn't sound like he really cared about preserving the old ones because they're too not as pretty anymore. So why would anyone want to play it? Yeah. I I can actually agree with that to oh, a yeah. point. Like, like, I feel like we should preserve them. I, th- I feel like they should be kept somewhere and protected. But I got, I kind of <clears throat> have to agree with that. That um, 
I don't I don't really use backward compatibility. You don't go back. I mean, uh, I'm I'm doing it now because mm-hmm. you know, I have a PlayStation 5 and I have PS4 games I just haven't got to play yet and you know, there aren't enough 5 games out there for me to really play. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it just I mean, it's a matter of circumstance right now. Now, fast forward however many years Right. Five years down the road, am I going to go back to a PlayStation 4 game? I don't know. I mean, my time is very limited as it is, so I feel like my games are just on a rotation. Rarely do I ever go back unless they put out a polished version and say, here's something that's old but new. Uh, yeah. yeah, you want to play it? And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. Because you, you've, you've done <laughs> it. Right. You made it look so much better. Yeah. Now I want to go back to uh, it. I guess you make a good point. I think it just more saddens me that I don't know that there's not much more interest in preserving some of these because, you know, they it's still yeah. a piece of the history in the way for you to observe. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're probably right because even now that I'm thinking back on it, the amount of times I've like used a backwards compatible game although i've always done sony and to be fair Mm. they've never really been good at backwards compatibility anyway so i don't know that i've ever really had the chance to play an older game on the new one because they always say it's going to happen and then it doesn't well you know what they should (laughs) do two they tried it with one and that was awful i think only like the blue backed ones would work or vice versa i can't remember yeah something I i feel like they should do and i don't know how this would technically work through video games medium since you know everybody has a different console and Mm -hmm. things like that but i feel like with steam uh there should be something kind of like that movies anywhere app where you can link all your accounts through whether it's epic steam gog whatever it is wherever you got all your games and then that way it's all combined for pc gamers so should one shut down you could possibly still have access somewhere else yeah, I think that would be cool, but that may not be feasible. I don't know. Uh, as far as Sony not wanting to preserve, they should at least pre- preserve these games maybe on the PlayStation Now uh, yeah. platform. That way they're there and they're accessible to those who may want to play them, backward compatible, but that way you're not having to really do much more than that other than just being like, here. Right. There they are if you want to play them. If you don't, who cares? Well, now with all of this, it's becoming more blatantly obvious how we're basically just renting a license for access for however long they mm. want. You don't really own any of these mediums anymore. Right. Like, that's why I've still held on to all of my physical copies for anything, and I still like to get them if they're available. Granted, as a PC player, I've relinquished the physical copy a long time ago because they just don't sell them in stores. Like, you don't go into Best Buy anymore and have aisles dedicated to PC games. There's probably like one corner with those slot five garbage things that you get or like Sudoku or whatever. And that's about all that's left in brick and mortar stores. So I had to move to digital a long time ago by force. I didn't have a say in the matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, if, if preserving these things are something you're definitely interested in, just letting you know now, if you're in these era of games and you have access to them and it's important to you, looks like you're going to have to take it one step further and try to figure out how you can preserve it for yourself because you mm-hmm. won't have access to redownload it. Um, but let's talk about fun things devs do to cheaters. 
Okay. Because, <laughs> like, I always love these stories when they, they, they find good ways to, like, be a dick back to cheaters. But Outriders, it's been a popular game. People mm-hmm. have been playing the demo all over the place. Uh, but they've outed in a recent dev blog how they plan to actually deal with cheaters. Now, keep in mind, this game is only co- co-op. Okay. All right. So uh, it, it will earn you... A nice little watermark across your UI that calls you a cheater. Discreet <laughs> but visible watermark on your UI that just won't go away. Just to be annoying to the cheater. Now, now take it one step further. further. Since it's a watermark over your UI, who do you think they're targeting? Who would see it on a screen? The other players. The content creators who stream and record their content. So guess what, streamers? You're not going to be able to cheat through this game and then throw up a picture of how all your hard grinding work got you all of this gear. Because they're going to brand you. And I don't see a way that you're going to be able to take it off your screen. So I guess you're just going to have to earn it legitimately. I love how I'm saying that like every single streamer is just a big cheater and never earns anything. But um, for funsies. All right. Mm -hmm. Satire. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so it does seem like that's who they're kind of more marketing towards with this particular one. Although it will come with a lot more stiff matchmaking. um, So you'll get thrown in with other cheaters. So Um, If there's not that many of you, it sounds like you're just going to have a bad time trying to get a match together to even play. Uh, But since the game's launch on the demo, the dev has identified about 200 cheaters out of 2 million players. So not so bad, right? Not so bad. The math is like less than a percent, of course, of the player base. So imagine trying to get a match with 0.01 of the player base. Ah, just saying. Lots of reasons to not cheat here. Uh, (laughs) So... What they consider cheating, because again, with it being a co-op game, uh, probably if you're not playing a lot of cooperative online games, you might be thinking like, how in the hell would I cheat here Um, since you're not PvP in it? But if you modify game files to enhance a character, like making leveling or your skills faster or inventory items, um, externally modifying game time to reduce time dependent features like vendors and challenges. So if you're the type that likes to skip your PlayStation ahead two or three hours to fake the game out um, <laughs> or however you would modify it to you know change it because I'm not a modder, so I don't really know how to do all these things. But uh, Or using a trainer program or similar to gain advantages and using gameplay altering programs such as aimbot or wall hacks. So these are what they are considering cheat, uh, cheating. Uh, they catch you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they did give cheaters of the demo hope though. All right. So people can fly who is the team also issued a warning to beta cheaters who'd like to get back on their good graces maybe before the full game actually launches. So their response to you is if you cheated during the demo just to try it out uh, but wish to go to the main game unbranded just delete all your characters and items on your entire account and wipe the slate clean and start over and we will let you back in. (laughs) Nice. Love it. I want to go play this game now just for this. (laughs) Just for this. I love it. So yeah, so just go deleting all your stuff and uh, then you can come back in. Yeah, you just got to start all over. Mm -hmm. All that work you did. Well, work. In quotes, I guess, if you were cheating, what work did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I figure we'll end the news on just a little bit of the BAFTA awards because those were doled out this week and we got Mm -hmm. some fun winners, probably the same culprits we were expecting, but some good ones to go around. Now, I'm not going to sit here and go over absolutely every single category, Um, but it does appear, of course, Last of Us 2 did a little bit of cleanup there. Laura Bailey got her her nods, of course, for her mm-hmm. performance. And it uh, looks like the game itself for animation got an award. So GG, well done. Hades mm-hmm. cleaning up over here, it seems like, as well. They got it for artistic achievement. I still... Have you played that? I feel like that would be a game you'd get into. It is It is one of those on my radar. I just know I've not gotten around to it. I do need to... I feel like there was another one that... Uh, they got best game too, that Hades. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew uh, there was something about it. Yeah, and uh, game design. So what's that other one that that is coming out? Oh, uh, the Dis- Disco Elysium was the other. Oh one yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. one. No, 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 no. Any moment now, I think I'm gonna have to go check. All right. Uh, but anyway. yeah, they're their upgraded version. But the, yeah, that's one you're gonna have to go play too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ghost of Tsushima got for audio, which is good. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic looking game. So I, I and you've played it. Mm-hmm. You said mm-hmm. it deserves all of the stuff it gets. Um, and uh, yeah, Last of Us got it looks like Game of the Year, which is not surprising, you know. Um, but Dreams got for technical achievement, which I think, uh, nice. you know. <sighs> I feel like that one came and went too fast for all the stuff that it could do. Um, I still am very impressed with it. I'm very mm-hmm. impressed with it, especially uh, w- with just the creativity allowed other players to have um, and creating your own stuff. And once they started doing with VR too, I never dove in full head like I should have. Um, but the concept is amazing. And yeah. so I, I'm, I'm happy I got a little accolades there too. Um, and then... Oddly enough, a sea of thieves for evolving game, which I guess. Sure. Sure. You know, I mean, it's definitely made some upgrades and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that other one I don't think's ever coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Skull that. Skull of just... Bones. Mm-hmm. Skull and Bones. Yeah. Like, I think that was just a <laughs> JK, JK kind of game. Like, uh... we were thinking about it, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, if you want to go check out the other BAFTA Award winners, of course, they did more stuff than just games, but that's all we were going to check out right there. Um, they have the official press release for all of it there. Most of them is stuff we've actually uh, said congratulations to already several mm-hmm. times this for this last year. So, GG, well done um, to all of the winners. And and I'm yanking my Uh-oh. earbuds out of my ear. So I'm stepping on wires. And and I can't hear you because I unplugged it. Yeah. So I'm sure he has all sorts of fun stuff. He's I'm just going to keep right talking. And there we go. <laughs> now I have sound. Uh, I wonder what it's like to be in a wireless world one day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now some quickets. How about just some quickets? All right. What you got? Stepping on everything over here. Uh, rumors about the next-gen Switch, which we've already kind of talked about a little bit here. Mm-hmm. We knew about the 7-inch screen, 720p, OLED, DLSS equipped for the better CPU, but they're also using the graphics chips in the 2021 upgrade. NVIDIA graphics chips? I don't know. More okay. powerful docked mode coming mm-hmm. your way. Uh, the DLSS makes smart upgrade possible, bringing the graphics to 11 with okay. the power of 11. You know, so it's not just constantly upgrading everything. So, yeah, if you're excited about a more powerful, prettier looking dock mode, sounds like that's what's coming down the pike with our next Switch 2. Okay. 
I mean, okay. they should have done that to begin with, but all right. I, well, Nintendo's never been like the most powered. For sure, they tried. Yeah. There was a time they they attempted that. They were like, no, we got to be powerful, and then eventually they were like, eh, fuck it. You Who know cares? What? Like people like our games the way they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this dumb rumor. I don't know if it's true or not about Microsoft wanting to buy Discord. Like what? <laughs> mm, I could see it, but. I- I feel like it's just like this weird rumor gone awry because the more I kept reading about it, it seems like this was just something people was like, hey, you know who should buy Discord. Mm -hmm. But the rumor was Microsoft was looking to buy Discord to the tune of like $10 billion. Uh, Um, Microsoft didn't start this rumor, though, but Discord does appear to have been shopping around. So I think people started to try to make their own conclusions because they're thinking of going public, I suppose. So now there isn't anything solid about whether Microsoft was seriously looking into Discord or if Discord even seriously wants to sell. Um, But again, they may want to go public in the end. So I'm starting to feel like from all the different articles I read, it was just journalists trying to find stories to write because it doesn't seem like anything solid has been talked about in this regard at all. So unless something has changed at the time of this writing... The only thing concrete I could find was that Discord was shopping around and toying with the idea of going public. There was no real company in talks with it, although I've seen a lot of people go, Sony needs it more, and maybe, I don't know. But that's a whole other story. It's not actually happening (laughs) as of yet. Uh, But we got some news to Back for Blood. The newest title from the makers of Left 4 Dead has officially been pushed back to October 12th of this year as the release window. So if that was one you were looking at. As I said, 2021, I think, is going to be the year where we see most of the delays happening. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it, although I've got plenty to play. So it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm chomping at the bit. But if you were looking forward to it, it got pushed back a little bit. Um, But for funsies, if you were looking for some free stuff to play on your PS4 and 5, Sony's Play at Home 2021 put up nine titles for PS4 and VR free to claim. For a limited time, so you get some new games here available through April 22nd, or now through April 22nd, um, an assortment of indies like Abzu and Enter the Gungeon, and for VR, Moss and Thumper, both Moss, fun games. Moss, I've been wanting to play that one, and that one was the one I was most excited for. Yeah, I might have to check that out with the VR one. I played the demo. Mm-hmm. The, that came with it, I want to say there was a demo that was yeah, on yeah, one yeah. of those days or whatever. Uh, but then you can also get games like Res Infinite, Subnautica, The mm-hmm. Witness, Astrobot Rescue, Mission, and Paper Beast. So keep in the back of your mind, also, um, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition will be available for PS4 players on April 19th mm-hmm. through May 14th. So we've got some cool big games for free coming your way. Woo-woo. Pick those up. There's some quality games in there, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and this one's great. I don't know. Have you just like had too much money this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, just like. Just so much. I need to. Okay. Well, I've got a perfect way for you to just blow that then. Okay. Because like for those, I know so many people this whole year was just like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all of these millions of dollars? Well, oh, right please. now on a website, Heritage Auctions has a seller with a sealed copy of the original Mario Brothers from Nintendo. It's from the mid-production of the game between 86 and 87 and even has the perforated cardboard hang tab still attached. Remember when they used to come in those big plastic that took that huge knuckles keys to open it up so you could Mm -hmm. get your game out? Yeah, still in that bad boy. Um, 
So last I checked, the bidding was up to $310,000. Wow. From what I can tell, I think that's the most expensive game ever sold. People Mm. were trying to say second best. Now, correct me, siblings, because I couldn't find one that had sold for more than that. The closest I could find was a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3, which sold for around $150,000. And then if you want to go to not games, the Nintendo PlayStation console that was Mm -hmm. on concept for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which didn't work out. The prototype of that console sold for $380,000. So if we're talking just in games. But again, siblings... If you know where it's at, and I just don't know how to Google, um, this right now, from what I can tell, would be the highest selling, like, old vintage sealed copy game in history. History. In history. So there you go. I think it was still going on through April 4th. Mm-hmm. So there you go, guys. If you just got too much money, let's see if we can get this up to, like, a half mil. I know all of you listening. It's just, like, so baller. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, it was kind of yeah. cool to see, though, like all oh, the nostalgia for what it was seeing the whole like oh, when you used to pull it off the rack like that and look at it. And, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so remember a little while back when I reported about Razor brand uh, making mm-hmm. face masks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's a real thing. Apparently now for sure. Uh, the... OK. Good. I. I. They did announce plans a while back. I know that we were talking about that they wanted to do their own N95 mask that you could see through. Well, now it's called Project Hazel. And uh, I think it's interesting that now we're going to put this forth because like with vaccinations ramping up and all of this kind of stuff that they're just now putting out this rechargeable, cleanable RGB lighting N95 mask. But it does promise to eliminate 95% of airborne particles and a wireless charging case that includes a UV sterilizer. So there you go. Wow. Scratch resistant, waterproof for when you need to go swimming in your mask, Mm. Um, airtight seal, cooling features. Um, It's clear so people can see your face. Sure. And lighting and a microphone so you can sound like a... I don't know, bad guy Ooh. in the grocery store. <laughs> Why not? Why not? And it has a low light mode. So when you put a glow in the dark, I don't know. I don't understand. It's probably it, going to be like an insane amount of money that I can't even imagine wanting to pay for. It just seems like a little much, but okay. <laughs> you know, okay. I don't know why that got me so bad just now, but all right. Well, best wishes on that one. So I guess you get like a little cyberpunky vibe, um, you know, for when it happens again, I guess in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a happier one, a Ghost of Tsushima movie is in the works. I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Um, Chad Stahelski, who's director of John Wick mm-hmm. um, and Sucker Punch Productions. Like, so now I'm ex- I like I like John Wick. Yeah, You know, it's just going to be fun. Um, there isn't a whole lot to go on right now. Um, but, of course, you know, the, the ambassadors of Tsushima are very mm. excited uh, yeah. to have Chad on board and see how awesome these action sequences are going to be. I want them to make sure, because I'd say with him on board, we already know the action is going to be top notch. Mm-hmm. So with that said, make the movie look 
beautiful, just like the game. Mm-hmm. Make sure you capture the beauty of Tsushima mm-hmm. and, and do it right. I, I actually have a lot of faith with it in, in these hands mm-hmm. because as much as they've done with the game already and how much just the, 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 the actual people there in Tsushima have uh, given ad, you know, ad a boys for how well they've represented and brought eyes to it and everything. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There might be even more panic to make sure it is really good now since, like I said, they're ambassadors for the island and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. it's on you guys. Got to make it good. <laughs> Don't but do yeah, any of that be. stupid video game crap either. Don't try to shoehorn in something that happens in the game. Just tell a good story, period. It is supposed to be the same protagonist following them and all that kind of stuff. So it didn't sound like they were... And all of this could change, obviously. Mm. This is like still early talks and everything. But so far, that's what we know. And I'm here for it. Um. Oh, no. More games ending. I should have put this up at the top with the rest of it. But Super Mario Maker seems to have met its end now, too. A little before the expected time. The OG uh, Super Mario Maker bookmark website where you could do all that Mm -hmm. uh, is to close. I didn't realize this was scheduled to close the same day Mario (laughs) was due to die. Did you hear about Mario's death date? Yeah. What is it? All (laughs) all his games are being pulled from the stores or what have you. Yeah. So uh, apparently March 31st, the internet decided that was the day Mario is just dead. He's Mm. dying. Uh, But to be clear, this is only the Wii U title. Just to make sure everybody knows, it's the Wii U title, which appears to be one of the few listed games being delisted. So, of course, since people won't miss a step, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is already being scalped because of its mm. soon unavailability. So all these Mario games that are getting delisted, people are hopping on it. Um, but it's on. it'll be unavailable physically or digitally either. So, again, I guess if you own that Wii U copy and play it, you won't be able to go to the website and do all that stuff. Apparently, that's already gone. People hmm. were expecting that to happen on the 31st, but they pulled it soon. I think 31st was just this arbitrary date the internet made up. I couldn't find any proof that Nintendo was like, yep, 31st. <laughs> I think they, the internet just doing what it does, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But okay. And lastly, and lastly, on March 26th, Jonathan Warner announced it was his last day at BioWare, who was the director for Anthem, which I guess we shouldn't be too surprised, but... Um, there you go. He has had a decade-long career with the company, though, and uh, best wishes. So he's leaving hmm. Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Swotar, all those, hopefully in good hands. I don't know. Dragon Age is one I've been excited for, but the more I keep hearing stuff back and forth, I just have to wait. I just have to wait at this point because I'm still not convinced they're going to do it right. That they're yeah. gonna do it <laughs> from how it started. No, I but would best be. Best wishes. I would be uh, hesitant as well. Yeah. I still can't believe they were trying to do an online Dragon Age. I don't know why I'm whispering that. I can. Guys. Stop. Well, they've had just like EA's had a horrible week. I didn't Mm. really go into a lot of detail with them because like this is just nothing new anymore with them. Their microtransactions and. 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 Fuck EA. So. Right? Like, it just, oh, they've had an even more garbage week. It's to the point where I feel like I don't even want to report on it anymore because, like, I think it would be more newsworthy if I ever heard, like, good deeds coming out Mm. of Mm you. Oh, they fixed the Sims packs. I'm sure all of you are worried about it. You know, that nickel and dime stuff that they're giving out to you or whatever. And then they did, this is hilarious, then they did bunk beds and then it was broken. And then the next day, modders had it fixed. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. BZ gamers have to fix their own crap and it's getting out of control. Anyway, 
kudos kudos to all the uh hackers out there for doing the job Do it. you're doing good work i really yeah. i'm very happy that that we do have that in the community and i know that can be frustrating for console people because we do like i don't yeah. i'm one of those dirty people who just like takes because i don't know how to create them but i support some of my people on patreon that do like the really do. big ones you know like i get you deserve it and and the fact you were willing to give it away for free impresses the crap out of me in the first place maybe it's easier than i think it is but regardless it's still a lot of your life mm-hmm. that you're letting us have for free and i appreciate it i modded my cyberpunk to my liking too because i didn't know why they did choices that they made in the game and i hated it <laughs> why when i squat does the does it get dark i don't know i'm just letting you know Every time I've squatted in real life, I could still see the same amount of stuff in front of me. Mm. My vision doesn't get dark and close in. Okay. So, yeah, I downloaded a mod and got rid of that crap. <laughs> what enough. is this? <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes sense. <laughs> Anywho, but that's <clears throat> all the news and a little bit of crickets. And I'm excited for what you have for us today. All right. Well, before I hop into the headliner, I have one little bit of what I'd like to call weird news. Oh, okay. I don't know if you saw this, but I, I just I stumbled upon it. I don't know how this happened, but I figured I would take note because this is something I found on Twitter. You know, the best place to find drama. Oh, totally. That's where I get all my news. And I was fascinated by what I saw. It took me a minute to to kind of catch up with the story. And then I, I guess I saw Twitter doing good things for once. There we go. So uh, I didn't get names, so I apologize. But I'm sure you start digging into it, you're going to stumble upon it. So on Twitter, uh, there was a, a person, an artist, who drew Sonic tails and knuckles but he drew them or she drew them i didn't quite catch that either the artist i'll just say that the artist drew them in human form okay so they they have human characteristics but then taking like knuckles hair or uh, sonic spikes and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. finding a way to incorporate a human element while still looking like their animal counterpart in some way some person the other person seemed to take uh, offense that all of the characters were white okay oh because this artist (laughs) drew all three characters and they were all white why so, not blue and pink, though, to be fair. I mean, I don't know that Well, it was uh, the Caucasian skin, but, you know, elements, colors oh, of like the clothes and, and maybe the hair and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But they were white. So this person took it upon themselves to recolor Knuckles black. And oh, then no. repost. starting that thing again, are we? And then yeah. reposts it uh, on Twitter and says, there, fixed it for you. So what this did is set off a chain reaction of people on Twitter coming to the defense of the artist, the original yeah. artist, saying, what the hell do you mean fixed it for you? Who said Knuckles was black? Where is that in canon? He's an animal. 
Right. They're not even humans. Yeah. He's red, if anything. I said, mm-hmm. so where do you get off assuming and making assumptions to that or implying that this character is black? But not only that, who are you to destroy and correct someone's artwork? Right. That's not your... You have no right. That This was their vision. This is what they drew. You don't know any better. So you can't Make just go around vision. fixing someone's art. And it was just like a tirade of people coming to the defense of the original artist. Even, and it was good to see, you know, there were uh, people of color saying, mm-hmm. I'm not offended by this. It doesn't matter. Okay. So was it a person of color who fixed the artwork? No. Of course. See, this is my problem with it. Why? <laughs> I feel like the people who shouldn't be are the ones trying so hard to be, to perform, to look like an ally or something. But like, I don't have any right to be mad over something that doesn't affect me when the people who should have been or would have been affected aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, it would be like me getting angry at, hmm, okay, great example. I know this is like reaching in the way, way back. But uh, this is like me being angry that they cast Michael Clark Duncan, a large black man, as the kingpin in the original Daredevil movie in 2003. Because, you know, kingpin is white, traditionally in the comics. And they cast a large black man who has the look, he just black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's me, but... (laughs) (laughs) He's not... (laughs) Doesn't matter... No, I I always have to laugh when people get mad about their fictional characters being changed. Doesn't <laughs> like matter. I always I'm just like, all right, you guys like waste energy on that now. I I say like I've I've tried to argue this point, and I it gets into tricky waters, especially for me being white. See, it's all about race today. Um, I've talked to people about, I I know I've had this conversation with someone before and said, well, hey, you know, why can't Peter Parker be black? And I do get that. But I like the idea of Miles Morales more than I do Peter Parker being black. Because... They get their own character. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not hinging all of his, his life and details of who Peter Parker was in just doing a color swap. You're saying, no, 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 this is Miles Morales. He is also that character too, but he has his own history. He has his own characters. He has, everything's different, but he is still Spider-Man. Right. I think that's where I have this issue with swapping races. Now, for some characters, it doesn't matter. Like, I can probably take it or leave it where it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But some more established characters, I feel taking that element and creating someone new who can be the very same in a way, but but a new history. Would it be that same relatability? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, this is coming from a... a, Obviously, I'm a person. I've seen my representation in movies and these medias Mm -hmm. my whole life, you know. But, like, would they have the same background? Probably not. I know, again, we're still talking about a fictional place, a fictional world, and all this kind of stuff, but would we have the same elements growing up? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know? 
And I feel so like for more relatability from the group who would, you know, that representation would ma- like leg- matter so much mm-hmm. for, it would probably have to be adjusted for that, right? Yeah. It's not the same walk of life. And that's that's why I like where Marvel uh, started introducing new younger versions of familiar characters because that gave them an opportunity to say, okay, well, we're going to, this is the next generation of these characters that you all know and love. Mm-hmm. The others are still here. They're just older, yeah. you know, and they're moving on with their lives. But here's a new batch and they are represented in different facets. So they are the more diverse if there ever was, if you start looking at characters like Ms. Marvel, who, if you don't know who she is, my God, she is a fascinating, lovely character. And I cannot wait until she gets her series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I hope they do it justice because she is a great character. And, and I hope she gets the same amount of love on screen than she does, or as she does in the comics, because she's mm-hmm. a well-beloved character. So she kind of has this Captain Marvel-esque connection, but she's doing her own thing. And she's mm-hmm. a kid. And she comes from a Muslim background. So mm-hmm. the beauty of that character is they didn't shy away from that. They right. incorporate that in the stories. Like I was sitting there reading like a string of her books and and they're talking about her culture, her life, all this stuff. Things I don't know anything about, but I'm learning through her. Yeah. And I appreciated that. That's maybe nice. It makes you want to go um, educate yourself further on the uh, specifics. Exactly. Yeah. So you get to see Hopefully. how she, Yeah, you get to see how <laughs> she lives. It's not just oh well, she's she's, you know, I don't want to say what her race is cuz I don't remember. I feel terrible. What's that? Ms. Marvel. Kamala Khan is her name. I just I don't I don't I cannot remember where her family originates from. So I don't oh, want to okay. I don't want to say. Sure. And, and get it wrong, but they didn't just say, "Well, hey, she's from fill in the blank." Mm-hmm. They and and then she just lives in New York. It's like, no, no, no. Or well, she lives in New Jersey. I do know. I remember that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but they incorporate Which is like a whole other world for us, <laughs> right? But they incorporate all these other elements of her life. You know, mm-hmm. it, they don't just stop at hey, color swap, boom. It's like, no, no, no. This element, that element, that element, mm-hmm. and they they make it part of who she is, and that to me is beautiful, right? So that's that's why I have some issues with color swaps. I know that that you'll never see a black character become white. Never happen. You talk about the shitstorm that'll start there? Yeah. And we don't need it though, to be fair, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess if you're gonna do that like you like you were talking about, find the elements that would be different and incorporate it that into the story. And of course, get more people of color in the writing room, and we won't have all of these issues. Mm-hmm. They'll that be able to be. write from a place of understanding and background that we can't. Yeah. No matter how much we want to say we can, we can't. And so, let those stories be told in the correct way. And I think I don't know if you heard this or not. This is a little off topic, but on the on the subject, um, there was an announcement about a Superman movie being made, a new one with J.J. Abrams involved, but the writer who's also involved is I cannot remember his name because he's got one of those those long okay. names but he wrote Black Panther. People are kind of connecting dots thinking are oh, we going to have a black superman. And you know what? I'd be interested yeah, to explore that. <laughs> yeah. But with the 
aspect of like, okay, what does that mean? Okay, so if you're shifting gears and saying, all right, Superman's black, what does that mean in the context of the larger story? Because he shows up in the 1950s in a pod in the middle of Kansas and white folks find him. That's going to be a different setup for sure. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So tell don't don't just copy and paste. Yeah. Tell that story, add some elements to it that really mix it up and and really give it its own mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, I'm here for that. And it's a new story to hear. Yeah. Come yeah, exactly. On, you know, like yeah. Let's let's I'm all for exploring those avenues. Mm. So It's going to be a much more interesting story from something that I could come up with from what I understand and know. Let's see. Yeah. Let's do something new. Let's but you're always going to have you're always going to have those people who are just like Oh, yeah, and I, and I think we just need to stop giving them credence, honestly, because like it's just it does it doesn't matter in the long mm, in the long doesn't. run. Like when you're if you're losing Fictional your mind over characters. a fix, exactly. <laughs> like like I even remember when they changed Doctor Who to a woman. It's just like I'm sorry. Did the original Doctor Who have a problem with it? The one that's in our history books that we yeah. learn about every year in school? Oh no, it's a different it's made up. Okay. Dr. Q can't <laughs> be a woman. My poor little lady brain couldn't possibly figure this stuff out. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all are here to help me out. All right. Well, we got off on a tangent as usual. So <laughs> let me get back on, on, on track here with our headliner. James. <clears throat> today. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember the 90s. Do you remember the 90s? I, I was around, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an of, interesting decade. <laughs> Uh, it, was it was interesting for me, mainly because I was discovering myself as I grew into a teenager, you know, not oh in the way that you think, but, you know, hey, as, as, as a teenager. As you do. Yeah, things were <laughs> things were happening. Uh, but during this time, my brain was rife with ideas and creative endeavors that I kind of wanted to explore. I had notebooks upon notebooks of ideas and stories to tell, you know, just writing and coming up with all sorts of crazy stuff. And many of these ideas spawned. Uh, due to a love of comic books and cartoons. But there was always one form of animation that fascinated me and still does to this day. That is clay animation. Or claymation, Claymation. if you want to go that route. I I think that's copyrighted, but we'll get to that. (laughs) All right. Well, we're sorry. Here's a penny. I don't know. What do we do in this case? I'm just, I'm just, I just brought it up. I'm not stealing it. Okay. Claymation TM. There you Is go. That I don't know. Now, my first exposure <laughs> to this style of animation was probably from the... Do you remember the old California Raisins commercial? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I used to collect them in my Mickey D's. Thank you very much. That's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I used to always be fascinated with those. And then they had those little California Raisins specials. Mm-hmm. There was a Christmas special where everyone was singing stuff. And I just loved it. CCR and, just popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> And (laughs) not only the California Raisins, but I also kind of feel like Gumby may have been something that I was, uh, I'm I'm not quite sure, but somewhere in that same vein, I would. I was going to say, that's older, I think, much. Yeah, but but. it was still kind of there. So one of the two was probably my first exposure seeing it and being like, ah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I was always drawn more to the Raisins. I really didn't get into Gumby all that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, Will Vinton, the guy that created the California Raisins and all that stuff, you take a look at his animation style. He's the guy who developed claymation and his eye for detail. Just, oh man, it's so good. 
I mean, you guys, you you have no idea. Just thinking Time. about it. Yeah, and especially then. Yeah, exactly. Y'all, we were taking pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd move their hand a little bit. Do another one. You know, like it was dedication. It's crazy. And and I know that there's stop motion animation, and it's kind of the same thing. But clay is a different <laughs> different beast to deal with. That is true. You know. And he wasn't, he's not a hack. I mean, this this is a guy who took this style and I felt like turned it into a real genuine art form. Mm-hmm. Because you take a look at his character models and designs and just, uh, so good. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Will Benton or the Raisins. Uh, <laughs> I w- Instead, I want to look back on a game series that I feel like had so much potential to be something bigger and better and more unique than it ever became. Uh, and one that I sought out because they promised clay animation uh, in a video game. A fighting game, no less. Mm-hmm. Something I was a huge fan of. Uh, it was also published by a studio that we recently talked about on the show. And one that had my attention, which was Interplay. And we are, of course, talking about Clay Fighter, developed by Visual Concepts. Mm-hmm. Now... Right off the bat, this sounded like a fantastic idea that could go the distance. One, it was a fighting game in the 90s. You know, because there were plenty of them in the 90s. We didn't have a shortage of those. (laughs) Uh, Two, there was a unique style that was all of its own with the use of clay animation. Three, you had a very unique marketing campaign that parodied other popular fighting games at the time like Street Fighter. Four, you had a roster of characters that stood out amongst its peers. You know, in some of the other games, you have these color swap, palette swap uh, characters. At least one in the game. So, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Ryu, Ken. You know, you're going to have that one guy that's just like that other person. It's just like, yeah, but it's not... Come on, man. Every character in this was unique. You know, they all had their own style. They all had their own look. There was no color swapping, palette swapping, whatever. Five, it was a game that could appeal to a wide audience, especially in the wake of Mortal Kombat's blood controversy, where everybody was getting into a tizzy about <gasps> violence in video games. Yeah. Well, these We're are all murdering each other. Cartoonish clay characters, you know. I mean, there's no blood to be seen, and they're just gonna fall apart into clay. <laughs> I mean, this had the makings of a surefire hit, you know. And any decent fighting game knows that you must have some semblance of a story to support the reasons to fight. Uh, Here, we have a meteor made from clay crash lands in the middle of a circus. A mysterious goo uh, from the meteor contaminates the circus, transforming all of its attractions into bizarre caricatures of their former selves. So, you know, you have... A clown who's now a clay clown, I guess, or whatever. This is a horror game? <laughs> so, so who are these characters? Uh, all right, so first of all, we have Blob, who is just that. He's just a big green piece of clay with eyes and a mouth. I feel like they were just like, hey, let's just let's keep it simple. Just he, right. He's a bl- big blob of... Let's have one character I don't have to animate too much. Yeah, he's just, he's that. Yeah. Uh, then we have Taffy, who is a piece of Taffy with arms and legs and eyes and a mouth. Nice. Then you have Tiny, who is the big, dumb, muscle-headed type, you know, just gigantic sure. kind of guy. Then you have Blue Suede Goo, who is a 
That's cute. An Elvis impersonator <laughs> with a super-powered pompadour. So his you know hair just yeah. like a whip. Oh. Uh, then you have Ichabod Clay, who is a pumpkin-headed specter. So great. Bonker the Clown, who's just, you know, goofy clown. Okay. You have Helga the Viking, who is a Viking with a very loud operatic singing voice. Breaks their eardrums maybe mm. by singing. I don't know. And lastly, the face of the franchise, at least I feel like he is, uh, Bad Mr. Frosty, who's a snowman with an attitude. But he's got he's got his nice little top hat. Oh, he's still very proper and dapper. Mm-hmm. And- that he is. Now, never has there been such a wide swath of unique characters in one place. At least I can't think of any. Uh, how exactly does this process work? Exactly, you know. I mean, this wasn't a show or a movie. This is a game. So, how do you mm-hmm. create clay characters in a game? Mm-hmm. So, visual concepts the developer behind the game, took the idea to Danger Productions where they spent several months molding various positions for each character. Now, some characters uh, require different types of clay to get the movements and the, the shapes just right. Some required more frames of motion than others. Uh, once the models were actually then completed, they were animated using stop-motion photography, like we mentioned, because that's what you got to do. And they used a camera that was then connected to an Amiga computer, which would then digitize the figures using a graphics editor. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) But this was a very, 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 very lengthy process. I can imagine. So, while that was underway, uh, Interplay actually stepped in and lent a hand, and they worked on sound design as well as the soundtrack for the game so you know they could visual concepts could focus on the the character aspects they also created uh, additional character movements using spliced animation sequences so it kind of helps speed it up a little bit yeah now the game released in november of 1993 anybody remember that year yeah good year a couple of floods i think yeah maybe i feel like something around there i don't remember I feel like that was the one of the years of there was a snowstorm either the beginning of that year or the beginning of the next year. I remember snow. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it released on the Super Nintendo to decent reviews and was pretty much considered a hit. Uh, in May of 1994, a special edition rental-only version was released at Blockbuster Video. You remember Blockbuster Video? Oh my God! I feel we, we gotta talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of Blockbuster documentaries. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I have one seen those left around. Yeah. Bend, Oregon. Still, yeah, that's right. Just one. Wasn't that other one? Wasn't there one in Alaska, or was it yeah, one of my things? But yeah. the Bend, Oregon now has the jock strap. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Okay. okay. So, yeah, it's still hanging on, yeah. Won't be for long. Uh, yeah, Blockbuster Video used to rent video games, and there was a deal cut where this special edition rental-only version of the game was released, and this is where it kind of gets a little like, huh, hmm. This was actually considered the superior version of the oh. two copies, mainly because they improved upon what they had done from the uh, initial release. You know, fixed any bugs, polishes, and and whatnot. So in June of 1994, uh, the game ported over to the Sega Genesis, uh, but they used the 
original game to port it over so they didn't get like the new new copy or what have you because that would have been that would have been bogus yeah right yeah <laughs> anyway uh the atari jaguar was actually going to get a copy Ooh. but uh for some reason that never happened so they just they kind of moved along yeah. anyway despite that the company had a bona fide hit it was like yeah clay fighter you know people mm-hmm. are fighting and, and clanging around and we were just we we're excited so what do you do when you have a bona fide hit you rush out a sequel as fast as you can. As humanly possible. As humanly possible. Mm-hmm. How rushed are we talking here? Okay. Remember I told you that we said it was a it was a lengthy process sure. to get the models, okay? Uh-huh. It's probably took a... Uh, you, I mean, take a guess. How, how long do you think it probably I took? I mean, if we're doing a full game in the 90s, uh, start to finish might be like eight hours uh, for the gameplay itself. Maybe, I don't know, fighting games can go on forever. No, if um, I, Depending on how many animations they needed. I would say it would have taken at least... Personally, like a year or longer. But okay. games were made faster back then because they didn't have as much stuff to put in it. I'm just thinking of the actual... Okay. But a, a year would be a good call. Yeah, okay. at least. For for yeah. the first one. No. Yeah. We got this one done in six months. What? How? They, hmm? Yeah. First, first, <laughs> first. We need we need a plot to, to build around, right? Okay, so here's what's happening this time. Okay. Now, on the outskirts of the circus where the meteor actually crashed, we meet Dr. Generic Kiln. That is K-I-L-L-N. Kiln. Kiln. Uh, who learns of what has transpired and he decides to go collect what remaining meteor goo he can find and he's going to spread it all across the town of Mudville. That's where the circus was, was in Mudville. Who knew? Oh, okay. Yeah. And with, with <laughs> new fighters joining the fray, Kiln holds the C2 tournament to see if anyone is worthy enough to claim the title of Grandmaster, which is a title that he himself has bestowed upon himself. And sure. as you do. Fighting is going to happen. Sound good? In a, in a grand fashion. Yeah. Sound good? It Actually, it does sound kind of cute. Okay. Now that's, <laughs> the puns are strong. Now, like, like most fighting games, there's usually a few returning favorites. Then mm-hmm. you've got newcomers. So here we see the return of Blob and Tiny. And bad Mr. Frosty. And Blob kind of is a little more loose on his design. Uh, bad Mr. Frosty. Uh, apparently he's been, uh, you know, in prison. He got thug life going on. So he's got the backward hat now. He's looking tough and chill and gangster. come down. Yep. yep. However, uh, Tiny, his original model was just reused from the previous game. You know. Six months now. Keep well, that in mind. that saved you time, I guess. You'd think so, but that's not the reason why they did it. So I'll get what? to that. No, no, no. Oh, it gets it gets so good. So Ikebod Clay was also planned to return, but was cut from the final roster. So you only got three returning fighters. And who fills the other five remaining spots? Okay. So Blob was the only returning? No. Blob, Tiny, and Mr. Uh, Bad Mr. Frosty. Oh, okay. So, five new characters. Mm-hmm. You've got Nanaman, the Jamaican Banana Man. Sigh. You've got Kangoo, the boxing kangaroo, who 
who, if you look at her bio, she apparently had a boxing career prior to these events. And she's well, only good. And she's only joining the tournament because her fans would be pissed. Tell me That's I don't. the backstory. Her fans would have been mad that she didn't play in them. Okay. okay. Uh, you have Octohead, the wild partying head with tentacles. Looks like an octopus, like you'd he expect. Like, with his cool. tentacles around his head. They kind of work in, I don't know, it's weird. You just have to see. <laughs> then you've got Goo Goo, the huge baby bad dude. He's a big baby, who's also a criminal mastermind. Oh, okay. And then finally, you have Hoppy, the muscle-bound battle bunny, who is essentially uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but a rabbit, from T2. And he became kind of the face of the game because he's got the sunglasses and the motorcycle and everything. But then you also have, you know, Thug, uh, Mr. Frosty over there looking at him like, yeah, I'm going to beat you or whatever. Uh, And then they just leaned into it all together and called this game C2 Judgment Clay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The game could have stopped there. But in an attempt to step it up, as it were, uh, it aided, or aided, added, I got my words, they just, because I was looking at... Who did it aid? What what happened now? They added eight. There we go. They added eight additional characters that were evil versions of the other characters. So, remember that palette swap thing that I said the other game didn't do? Yeah. That's what they did here. They took the eight, and then they said, okay... We're going to have 16, but they're just, the other eight are going to be palette swaps of the other characters. Almost. Almost. Okay. Now I say almost because they could have just been simple color swaps because they basically are in a lot of ways. If you look at the colors, they, they're either darker, tweaked, or some pale comparison, whatever. But I will give them credit. Certain features on their faces were tweaked to give them somewhat more unique look. So they don't look exactly like them, but they kind of... It's them, but there's a a minor tweak here and there. And they get new names to boot. So we... They all have their own backstories and stuff, and I won't give you... uh, I won't even give you all that, but I'll give you their names so you... Because you heard what I said. You got uh, Blob, Tiny, Mr. Frosty, uh, Nana Man, Kangoo... Octohead, Goo Goo, and Hoppy. What about the banana guy? That was Nana Man. Oh, Nana. Oh, Nana, Nana Man. Got it. Yeah. All right. Here, here are their evil counterparts. See if you can guess who's who. Ice. Oh, God. That's like I'm trying to remember the names we just freaking said. I already forgot okay. our names. That would, that would be. Fireman? Mis- that would be bad Mr. Frosty's. Uh, oh, Mr. Frosty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you got Butch. Oh, see, I was trying to think of like the opposite. That's like the no, same, Mr. Yeah. Frosty and Ice. Yeah, they're they're all the same. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, what was the next one? Butch. So the tiny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, slick. Oh God. Ah. Uh, that's how I started to remember their names. <laughs> Nana Man, because you slip on it. You'd think so, but I don't think so. <laughs> slip on the peel. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it's Blob. Blob. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Spike. 
I need to have their names in front of me so I can forget their, that that's why I'm failing at this game. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Because my uh, memory is like Okay, well, I can't remember who's seconds. who. I should have done this. Uh, <laughs> and you want me to? And I did. I didn't do it. It's your story. Okay, Jesus. so <laughs> Jack, I think, is maybe Kangoo. Maybe. Kangaroo Jack? Spike could be Goo Goo. Sarge. Spike for a baby, eh? Yeah. Sarge, I think, is Hoppy's uh, alternate. Thunder okay. would be... I don't like know. Oh, no, 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 no. Spike is the, the Octohead. Or no, it's oh, Jack. Oh, okay. Or whatever. I don't know. But that, those you, people, you, so, you were asking yeah. about Nanaman. Yeah. He probably has the most um, clever name. Is it clever or? Well, you tell me. Are are you ready for this? Can you can you take a guess? It's the most the creative. The opposite of Nana Man or no no no. Right right in the same wheelhouse. Because remember these aren't they're evil Plantain versions. Plantain Man. Doctor <laughs> Peel Good. Oh God. Okay, but well, that's kind of cute. I See? like it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> now, <coughs> this game was actually developed by Interplay. Hence the speedy. You know, process mm-hmm. of it every of everything. Oh, wow. uh, they actually cut out visual concepts altogether, and they used an all new set of programming tools. They even hired a new company to do the clay animations and stop motions. However, <laughs> the company did a piss poor job. You know, because they're new and they don't know what they're doing. And they did it in half the time. Uh huh. And it left a lot to be desired in the animation department. In fact, as previously mentioned, the model for Tiny was just reused from the original game. The reason it was being used was the team at Interplay wanted to test their new development tools and used the original sprites to incorporate him into C2 just to see how it was going to work. His inclusion actually bumped another new character that was going to be Lucy the Gorilla, but since they needed a decent model and, you know, they were working in half the time, they just left him in. And the producer of the game, Jeremy Airy, has actually been on record to say that Tiny is the best looking character in this game. Is How sad is that? Oh, we'll see. I got to visualize here. Clay, hmm. clay, clay fighters. Clay fighter. Just over a year... Clay Fighter 2 released on the Super Nintendo in January of 1995. Reviews were kind, but, you know, they were kind of complimenting uh, some improvements on the gameplay, but clearly noted the drop in animation and illustration. Uh, Once again, we still had upgraded ports that were meant to be released on a different system. This time it was going to be the Sega 32X, but it was also canceled. Oh, wow. Uh, with the game, or with a game that couldn't quite live up to the standards set by the original, the game came and went pretty quickly because I remember being disappointed by it. I was just like, yeah. huh, okay. Because it just just seemed so ugly, you know, yeah. compared to, to, to the original. I mean, it is interesting. I'm now looking at a screenshot from mm-hmm. it. It's definitely interesting. Now, produce Look feel. Yeah. Producer Jeremy Airy wasn't going to let this kill his beloved 
project because he liked he liked Clay Fighter. He he thought you know I'm I'm gonna do it right. We're gonna we're gonna do this right and we're gonna do it again, but we're gonna do it better this time. So he soon began working on a third entry and actually went back to Danger Productions and you know I would assume begged, please please do our animations for us again. Please I'm sorry. Please come back. We screwed up. Uh, but would that be enough? Would that be enough to make a good game? So, with newer technology on the rise, Interplay saw this as an opportunity to create the Clay Fighter game that they had always envisioned. Initial development actually began on the 3DO M2. Remember that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Neither does anyone else. That was a console that came and went very, very quickly. I guess so. Uh, Focus, once that died, because it pretty much died during development, uh, Focus shifted to the PlayStation, but something about the PlayStation wasn't quite working out for them, so then they shifted to the N64. Mainly because, according to them, the dev kit was much easier to use. Uh, the N64 also allowed the team to render 3D arenas around the characters, which, you know, was something unique and right. kind of help things out. But one drawback that they saw was that this was the N64 still using cartridges and did not have a CD-ROM, which would have been kind of nice. But it, they didn't let it slow them down. In fact, one element that they really stepped up their game on was sound design. Interplay hired a sound director who was working for Disney at the time and even got some top-notch voice talent to bring these characters to like like never before. They even secured ring announcer Michael Buffer to come in and officiate the start of each round and even do color commentary throughout. So how could this go wrong? Right? You know, that's great. Let's get ready to crumble! That's what he would say. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Plot. What do we have in the plot department? Well, another meteor. Oh, okay. Who has a name, by the way. Her name is Bessie. Why? I don't know. Uh, She has crashed onto Claymodo Island and holds the essential ingredient. Dr. Kiln needs to create a new mutagen. The ingredient? Bok choy. Oh my god. Together with his <laughs> with his partner in slime, Happy Harry Hoonigan, they create an assortment of henchmen to help them take over the world. Luckily, because this is what happens in this situation, a ship capsizes near the island and washes ashore a slew of characters that could help stop their evil devious plots. That's a lucky break. I know. Now, if all of this hasn't got your attention, we have the all-star voice cast that I was just talking about. Oh, yeah. So who do we have here? Who do we have voicing these uh, these amazing characters like never before? Well, first of all, we're going to start off with the legendary Jim Cummings, who might be best known for the voice of Pete from the numerous Disney projects like Goof Troop and Kingdom Hearts. Hey, uh, Goof, however you talk. I can't do Jim Cummings. He's too good. Um, He lent his voice to Bad Mr. Frosty. So he's kind of got that big gruff. You know, I'm Bad Mr. And he's got his hat back. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, he's looking looking different, but he's got his his classy little top hat. 
He also does the voice of Hoongin, who uh, is kind of a witch doctor. Okay. Okay. And then Sumo Santa. Yes. So, so a just how it sounds, I would imagine. morbidly obese Santa who wears nothing but a hat and a loincloth. Nice. And he actually takes off the loincloth to attack while holding his um, unmentionables. That seems a little vulnerable, but okay. Uh, it's a little disturbing, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Does didn't, he make eye contact? Didn't, didn't really want to see that. Uh, Charlie Adler, who has a laundry list of credits, but may be best uh, known for voicing Starscream in the Transformers films. But I promise you, you you probably heard his voice on something. Mm-hmm. You go through okay. in numerous animated projects, whatever. But that's the one I, I could say biggest, biggest thing he's done. Uh, he actually voiced Dr. Kiln and T. Hoppy, the Battle Bunny. Remember how Hoppy was the... the, the it was a thing. Well, now, now he's got cybernetic parts. Now he looks more like a Terminator, but he's a robot still. But he's, okay. you know, yeah. they upgraded him. The, the 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 birth of Five Nights, right? Right, right. The Animaniacs themselves each voice a character. Oh. So you got Rob Paulson's, who's Jacko. He voiced the returning character Bonker. Nice. I'm a clown. However he does it. Uh, Jess Harnell, who's Wacko, voiced a new character. Kung Pao. You know where that's going, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we'll we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. And Tress McNeil, who's Dot, uh, voiced returning character Taffy. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're not done. Dan <laughs> Castellaneta, known by most people as Homer Simpson, uh-huh. yeah. reprised a role that he actually voiced on TV, Earthworm Jim. Who is a guest fighter in this game. Okay. As well as another guest fighter from another outside game in the series, Boogerman. Did you ever hear of that? Did you no, ever? It sounds gross. It, it pretty much is. It's a lot of farting and booger picking and. Why fart? Because farts are funny and belching. Yeah, but he's boogers. Well, he does, he does all three. It's like the just trifecta. Gross person. Should just be gross, man. Boogers, burps, and farts. He hits. <laughs> finally, finally, uh, vocal legend Frank Welker, as we all know, is uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo, Megatron from Transformers, Nibbler from from uh, Futurama. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just to name a <clears throat> minor few. Uh, he voiced returning characters Blob and Ichabod Clay. Nice. So. In addition to all this awesomeness, yeah. uh, the game introduced claytalities, which spoofed the infamous Mortal Kombat fatalities, although it could be argued they were kind of jumping on a bandwagon since other fighting games were incorporating them as well. And they didn't quite do much to make them unique to the clay aspect, or at least I don't feel like they did. Uh, oh, yeah. Some were kind of funny. Some were kind of... I was like, oh, that's cool. And then some just kind of... Eh. Eh. You know. It's like, that's, that's the best you could come up with. <laughs> you did a thing. Yeah. But in October of 1997... Boy, that was a year. Uh, the game released to the world, unfortunately, to mostly negative reviews, with most critics praising the voice acting and all that. But 
the humor uh, didn't always land, and they just said the rest of the game was shit. Weak controls, choppy animation, frustrating move sets, claytalities that just didn't pay off like you really wanted them to. There were just some of the complaints that they were thrown out there. Despite all that, uh, there was a special edition blockbuster rental only for this game, too. Oh, yeah. Called the Sculptor's Cut. Uh, it had additional fighters that were initially cut and other added goodies. And fun fact, that version of the game is considered the rarest N64 title ever to be produced because there were only 20,000 copies in circulation. Hear that, scalpers? Mm-hmm. No telling how much it's... Yeah, I mean, it's Clay Fighter. Well, it's only worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. Right, right. <laughs> now, we can see that this game killed the franchise, probably. But let me, let me fill you in on a few extra details that probably wouldn't fly today. Okay? First uh, of all... We probably already named several. Kind of, but we didn't go into it. First of all, for whatever reason... The, the other games, they had a, a, a parody sense of humor to them. You know, mm-hmm. this game, for whatever reason, took a hard right turn and went into the juvenile burp and fart jokes. Okay? okay. Like, yeah. Sumo Santa would literally fart on someone. Same with Boogerman. There had uh, one of his claytalities, and uh, I could be wrong, misremembering, but he s- sat on them, and I guess they went up his ass, and he farts them out. Uh, Again, might, yeah. be mis- might be misremembering this, but I'm almost positive that's what happened. So, there you go. Now, I hope you're not misremembering, because I don't want to think this is just like where Steven's brain goes when he can't remember a thing. There were some, clearly, they went in the butt. Yeah, there was some weird out. shit. <laughs> now, look, this is not to say, I don't want you people to think I'm being a prude. I've laughed at a fart joke. Oh, Good. well-timed fart joke is always appreciated. Lest we forget Blazing Saddles. Just saying. There's a good one in there. But I'm just saying that it it was kind of different than what they did before. It's like they just said, well, we got to make this funny. What are we going to do? Burp and fart jokes. All right. Let's just throw them in. And then that's where you get Boogerman and, and characters like that. They just, they they didn't think about it. You know, this was about. Spiraled out of control. Yeah. It's like the idea of parody just went out the window and they're just like, eh, burp and fart jokes is fine. So, eh, anyway. Uh, next would be the inclusion or exclusion of certain characters, depending on how you want to kind of look at that. Now, I did mention a character named Kung Pao. Mm-hmm. Can you guess the type of character he is? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. He's, he's you know, the Asian-looking Very character. Oh, even like, even the voice so acting is, you know... Ow. When he, One of he, us trying to do the accent kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example Oh, please uh, don't. Uh, uh, <laughs> I won't do the voice. Please, yeah. Uh, his fighting moves are dishes of food. Egg foo young. Uh, chopsticks. Cho- like yeah, that. he has chopsticks. Everything we he can has think the- of that we just blend all of their culture into one thing because we can't differentiate between mm. the two. Yeah, all of that. Um, Happy Harry Hoongin. Hoongin? Hoongin? I don't know how you okay. say his name. Yeah, I don't know. He's a voodoo witch doctor. Oh. You want to care how to guess he sounds? Yeah, I probably would imagine too. What, <laughs> what, what were you thinking? Like uh, Jamaican, maybe? Uh, yeah, or yeah. I was thinking very Cajun around that area too. Like Jamaican, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Or whatever. 
He does, say, he does say this one thing in the game that I always found fascinating. I don't know what he's saying. But he'll look at the screen and go, We yabi. And I'm like, all right. I don't know what he's saying. We I don't know what he's saying. Oh, okay. It's just, we yabi. I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever that says. Yep. Yeah. Uh, these two characters were approved for the game, obviously. Sure. But you want to know the one character that was not deemed appropriate by Nintendo? Oh, please, do tell. An alcoholic, homeless vigilante named Hobo Cop. Is that offensive sure. to you? Out of all of that, because that... Uh, oh, God. I yeah, because that's not like a race. It's not a... <laughs> but do you find... Does that sound offensive to you? No, but very little does these days. I don't know. I just kind of turn it all off. Maybe, mm. Maybe... Maybe 10 years ago. I okay. don't know. <laughs> uh, I was still shocked at things. I don't find that offensive. In, I, in, I in don't fact, get it enough, I don't think, to really... I just find it... It sounds funny. You're you're doing like a parody it's... of Robocop to Hobocop. Yeah, Hobocop. He's just an alcoholic homeless vigilante. Okay. What's, yeah, I don't... I, I understand. Yeah. I, I understand that there could be an offensive nature to it. I don't know what it is, but I'm just... It's amazing that the racial stereotypes can make the cut, but not this guy. Well, that just tells you <laughs> I who was drawing the line in the sand there, mm-hmm. you know. I know, I know. Uh, the series quietly fizzled out into obscurity, as did Interplay, who filed for bankruptcy not long after. Interplay did, if you remember our previous podcast discussing their long history, avoided going under, but attempted and, and attempted to revitalize the franchise in 2009, with the announcement of Clay Fighter Call of Putty, which would have been a remake of Clay Fighter 63 and a third. Uh, they were going to release it on Nintendo's WiiWare and DSiWare platforms. However, the game never saw the light of day. And unfortunately, I could not find a specific reason why. That said, I did find information that might explain why. In 2015, Interplay once again wow. announced that Clay Fighter... Huge yeah. leap. Uh, Interplay once again announced that Clay Fighter would be returning. Initially, it seemed that this was going to be a remaster of the first game. However, an anonymous source who claimed to be an ex-staffer at Interplay said, quote, the game was going to be a trilogy of games mashing content from all three games into one and even reviving the unused cut content from the games and just tying it all into a game that was actually fun to play for once rather than a rushed mess due to time constraints. So what happened this time? Yeah. The anonymous source puts all the blame on Herb Kane, who's the founder of Titus Interactive, which, if you remember, is the company that acquired Interplay, making him the company CEO. The source claims that the entire team worked for a year without any kind of proper compensation, uh, a lack of communication, and a demand to rush the product to market despite the quality. Eventually, the team had had enough, and they just walked out, leaving it in a state of limbo. However, Kane never acknowledged the setback and told marketers to just change the game's release date to TBA, and apparently this is the same move he did in 2009. So, in 2016, it was reported that Interplay was looking to unload several IP to the highest bidder, and among those up for grabs was Clay Fighter, but as of this recording, it seems that Clay Fighter still remains in limbo with no buyers on the table. And it is a shame to me because this was a franchise that really could have had legs. Yeah. Uh, it was unique in its own way while still being a parody of the genre that it remained in. And I still feel like with the proper team behind it, 
It could be a hilarious romp with smart, scathing humor and solid gameplay. And as a matter of opinion, I think indie developer Second Order should consider tackling the game. Yeah. Their game Claybook shows that they can emulate the look and the movement of clay animation. So why not put that to work here? Now, sure, it's not going to be the same as, you know, actual claymation characters and then put into video games, but maybe that's not really important right now. Revitalize the franchise using the technology we have today. Make a solid hit, then work on improving the technology down the road. Then maybe you can go back to that in a way. Mm-hmm. Great game franchises always work to improve what came before it. If you take a look at sequel after sequel after sequel, it usually gets better with the games, which That's is really the, weird. The hope. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's usually the opposite in you know the movie world, which don't get me started. Uh, Clay Fighter was a great idea that was always rushed to market. Enough time has passed for a return. I hope. That we get one that's everything that I always wanted. But who knows? Perhaps my love for the franchise has hardened like an old ball of clay. There you have it, people. That's clay fun, fighter. though. Yeah. I, I never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's something maybe special. maybe that's where our divide the console maybe versus the uh, PC players in the 90s. Although I did have a N64. Yeah. So it was one of those that just kind of came and went, like I said. So you, that one would have been easy to miss. Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wasn't as connected to all the news then either. That's I just true. played what I liked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> didn't know that there was going to have to be anything else. Well, thank you. Well, that's fine. It's mm-hmm. a fun story. Excellent. Well, that's our show, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, it. We finished off our week. So you know, as always, siblings, you can hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash. You can send us an email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. Or you can go to Instagram and you can view all the weekly icon art that Stephen puts his time and love into. Um, you can also support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. You can tell your friends, your enemies, anyone you can find that you can find us at Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. I'm trying too much here and I'm getting stumbled. Or just search Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and even YouTube.com forward slash Pencil Paper Productions and Amazon Music. I almost Mm -hmm. forgot that one. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Lacey Finley. And I'm Stephen White. And you can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.